Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to another Happy Pod, the show where we talk about pop culture, movies and your mum. We're trying to keep things just a little bit fresh and optimistic. We don't always succeed, but we do have a good time doing it. My name is Nathan, and as always I'm joined by uh, a Lawrence Thomas. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, how are how you? Are... How's, your, how's your week been? I'm uh, I'm tired for some reason. Oh, Alexa's popping off in the background, is she? <laughs> she is. I don't know why. She, I don't know what triggered her. Big Jeff Bezos is thinking he can take part in the podcast as if he hasn't earned enough money. Yeah, get um, out of here, Jeff. You're not getting any of our sweet podcasting money, of which yeah, exactly. we do earn. <laughs> yes, plentiful. <laughs> we definitely earned any. Don't look into it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, how are you, Lawrence? How's how's your week been? I'd be better if yesterday I didn't commit treason uh, and then subsequently lose ten pounds. Um, I'm not a football man, Nathan, as I know you know. I um, do know. Um, neither and, neither am I. And if anyone would like uh, an idea of that, listen to our Ted Lasso episode where we struggle to understand the basic concept of football. <laughs> so, <laughs> me and Nathan just had a had a brain freeze for about <laughs> half an hour because we didn't we were like we like we like TV content but don't know what football would be. What <laughs> what rule offside? I know. <laughs> um yeah, but yesterday um we both decided to put a little 10 pound cheeky bet uh, down. Uh, only we did it only we did it when the odds were just to, out just of to explain favor. just to explain yesterday being wednesday because um and it ah, was the yes. the semi final maybe of the euro i think um, it's the semi final yeah i don't fucking know so anyway it was england versus denmark and for some reason we both put we both put a 10 pound bet down on denmark to win <laughs> <laughs> and we lost i sent a voice note into the cuz i've like I've been invited. More of my mates go and watch mm. the football. They go out to the pub and stuff, and they go every week. They're like, "Oh, do you want to come to the pub?" And I go, "I go, nah, I'd rather watch paint dry." Like, I just make a thing about I don't like football. I'm, I'm fine with not going to football. That's fine. Um, and so I sent a message in yesterday saying, "Like, look, if you live by the sword, you've got to die by the sword." Yesterday, I lost ten pounds betting against England because I thought it'd be funny if Denmark won, and I could be like, "It's coming home for my bank account, baby." Um, <laughs> But but that didn't happen. Uh, I lost ten pounds collectively. Another happy studios lost twenty pounds of hard earned. Well, well, you say that, but that's not actually the case, Lawrence. Because did you did you cash out like a sneaky? No, 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 no. I didn't cash out. I'm not a coward. Um, You lost ten pounds. I, on the other hand, won twenty pounds. Excuse me. Okay, so Paddy Power, which is the 
uh, app I use to p- place the bet. They have like a promotion, I guess, where your first bet, if you if you lose, it's free. Like they'll just give you the money back. So so I got so the bet like it cost me nothing first of all. So I still have the ten pounds, and then I thought, oh. Why don't I just chuck this on the roulette? Because I was already happy to say goodbye to that money. So I'll just chuck it on the roulette, see what happens. What do you know? It comes up black. Nathan's got himself 20 quid. Huzzah. Happy days. What a fun... So there we were <laughs> last night. Both of us. Like, we were, we, were, we were both saying, you know, England won. I went, oh, fuck's sake. And you were like, yeah, man, fuck. Little do I know, you're playing sneaky roulette games with your, <laughs> <laughs> with your revenue. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Why is it ridiculous? I'm not happy about this at all. That's hard-earned podcast revenue, Nathan. I want, <laughs> I want, I want that split fifty-fifty with the with the group. <laughs> That's not how it works, I'm afraid. No, this is. I'm not happy in the slightest now. Well, why not? It's my money. I can do what I want with it. Yeah, I know, but I'm annoyed that I didn't do what I wanted with my money, which was win more money. <laughs> well, that's your fault then, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm aware of that, Nathan, I know. <laughs> well, that's how gambling works, you fuckhead. Oh, it's a bloody slippery slope. It is, uh, it is. <laughs> Don't get addicted. Anyway, um, we're here to talk about a movie that didn't come out a year ago. Yes. Those are my favourite kinds of movies. Yeah, so we are this week. We are discussing uh, Black Widow. Um, I think this is this is the most. This is the first Marvel film since uh, Far From Home, right? The first Marvel movie in over two years. If you want to get technical, it is the first Marvel movie since Endgame because Far From Home is technically Sony. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh no, but they're in partnership though. They're They're in partnership, but it is technically still Sony. That is very technical. I would argue <clears> that it's <throat> it's fine as I said it, which is just because it's in, it's continuing the MCU. Well, is it? It's continuing the MCU canon, but yes, we're going back it is. In time. It is. It is. But just technically, like in terms of distribution, like it doesn't say "Far From Home" by Walt Disney Pictures. It says "Far From Home" by Sony Pictures. I see. So. But we're going back in time, Nathan, to the year of twenty sixteen slash seventeen. Sixteen. Is it is it right after then? Is it like it's pretty much like straight after in... Civil War? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because she's 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 on the boat. She's throwing her phone in a lake or some shit. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> what do you what do you make of it? What like overall? What were you expecting? So I was expecting just a very bog standard middle of the road Marvel movie. Nothing terrible. Nothing amazing. Just something that'd be like, yeah, that was pretty good. That was a fun way to kill two hours, I guess. Yeah. So that's what I was expecting. Um, And I was actually pleasantly surprised with this movie. I I found myself enjoying this quite a bit. It definitely did exceed my expectations. Um, I actually really like what they did with the story and the characters. The cast is, I think, incredible. There's some really good performances. Um, I, I... I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It's not the best Marvel movie. It's not going to change anyone's life or anything like that, but it's a fun yeah. way. It's a, it's a good time. I enjoyed it. I think that's the perfect way to sum it up for me. It was a fun way to kill two hours. Like, I... This, I... Uh-oh. Lawrence no, 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 no. No, for fuck's Every week. <laughs> I like this. I like the film. It was a fun film. I think... I think he didn't particularly try and do anything new, which was fine. Like I, my favorite Marvel movies. Obviously, there's the audience favorites, like you know, your Infinity Wars, your End Games, and stuff. But you're going to enjoy them just because they're kind of, I I see them as more kind of like defining moments in like film. Like they're they're big events. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's cheering. Every you don't get that in a normal Marvel screening. You only got that in like End Game and stuff. They're the great ones. I think the, the like the really good ones that I like are like Winter Soldier, which I think did something new. Civil War, which I also think did something new. Um, and I was expecting this to kind of, yeah, just be like your, your average kind of Marvel, your, your Marvel movie, which is more than more often than not is a fun way to kill two hours. Um, doesn't, you know, change your life or anything. Uh, I was surprised at some of the story, uh, cause I really enjoyed it, but I think, I don't know, some of the, some of the characters for me, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more from, but we'll, we'll get into that. But overall I didn't, yeah, it, it was fine. I, I liked it and I came out going, yeah, okay, cool. Sounds like you hate it and you hate women. Sounds like that's what you're saying. 
<laughs> I actually, none of my problems involve the women in this. So fuck you. I like the women in this. I think they're great. I think they're much better than the blokes in this. Um, Ooh, interesting. Of which there is kind of only really two. Two? Yeah. A push three, maybe. Three, maybe? Yeah, the, the, the British guy. Who's the British guy? Again? Her, like, friend who gets her, like, oh, safe out of jets yeah. and whatnot. Oh, he's barely, he's, he's, like, <laughs> he's barely look, a character. Look at me, I got you a house. Look at me, I got you a boat. I got you a thing. How do I get these things to places without being seen? Oh, no. The, the mili- yeah, the military are looking into me. That's a perfect time to move my fucking jet across <laughs> the nation yeah. and park it in an open field. Um, to be fair, it would be pretty easy to move a jet. You just have to fly it. No, but as in like undetected, because you know I'm sure going... it has cloaking devices. Yeah, but does he know how? Does he is, is he a pilot as well? How does he know how to do? Well, that? he must be. He hasn't got it there on the back of a fucking motorbike, has he? <laughs> He's just towing it, <laughs> towing the Quinjet across <laughs> the country. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, this is massively jumping ahead, but I always just assumed that the Quinjet was the one Bucky and Cap had from the end of Winter Soldier uh, Civil War, but. I guess not. I guess no. I guess it was the one that this guy had, which begs the question is, where is that other Quinjet? But, oh well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they just yeah, leave it's... it in Siberia and get home another way somehow? <laughs> some some guy in Siberia has towed it home on his motorbike, and yeah. now he's just got his own little Quinjet. Or maybe <laughs> it is the same one, but it was left in Siberia, and the guy went back to Siberia and got it for them. Well, it's a Quinjet, anyway. Yes, by far the most interesting part of this story. Let's let's just discuss along the with along with the origin of Natasha's outfit in in, in Infinity War. I <laughs> yeah. do I do love a good I do love a good outfit origin story. <laughs> it remind I do like don't get me wrong I like that bit but it did it did remind me a lot of the um like you know all the all the forums and the blogs and stuff they were like oh, I swear to God if Solo doesn't explain the chin scar I'm gonna fucking kick <laughs> off like it's just an article of clothing or you know a scar that someone has obtained over many years exactly um, doesn't oh, doesn't necessarily need a whole movie to explain <laughs> no. uh, but there we are um, so let's start at the beginning. I think. Um, so the opening of this movie, I thought it was actually quite intriguing because yeah. immediately you're just throwing a red herring. Like as as far as we've been led to believe and what we know about Natasha, like she's Russian. We we know that she was like pretty much raised in Russia and spent the majority of her life, well, her early life anyway, in Russia. And then suddenly we're hit with Ohio, the most Midwestern American city ever, uh, state, I should say, in 1995. And that was definitely a bit of a a red herring. Um, Yeah, for sure. But it was intriguing. It was really interesting to see exactly what was going on with this little family dynamic and what they were kind of on the run from. I liked all that sort of stuff. I I loved all of that shit. And I really liked how, like... Mm. Kind of all of the stuff you see of David Harbour in the trailers is, you know, from the main bulk of the movie where he's this kind of escaped convict Red Guardian who's very just like, oh, yeah, Russia kind of thing. Um, but you you first see him in this and he looks like a kind of, you know, he's playing the part of this just this classic Ohio dad. Um, yeah. And he, he's clean shaven. He's looking quite trim. Um, and I'm, t- I'm sat there thinking, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, and especially when he comes in and he goes like, "How long have we got?" kind of thing. And he, there was a, it really kind of lent to like the spy espionage kind of genre where they were like, <clears> he <throat> was like, "So, girls, how was your day?" And then just starts having another conversation to Rachel Wise's character, who's like just kind of hidden behind the door. Um, really, really cool. Like, like even down to like the staging of the scene. I just thought it was really interestingly done. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the fucking the, the actual kind of how that sequence ends and how the, how it kind of leaves the the past where it was, um, with uh, the Red Guardian like shooting his gun off the side of a plane, like on the wing. That was that was top tier stuff. Like I I was fucking <clears> on the edge of my seat with that. Yeah, yeah, that was all all really good, really exciting. I I particularly liked when they when they got to Cuba um, to meet up with their Russian contacts, I guess. Um, that's like, and they're going to take the girls and put them back into the red room. Just the moment when Natasha grabs the gun and you just think, oh, okay, she's already done this. She's, she's been to the red room. She knows she's done her training already. 
Um, yeah. And you can see she's already got some of that trauma. She already doesn't want to put her sister through that. Um, I really liked that sort of stuff. And I think that's what I like most about this movie is the relationships and that family dynamic, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think... <laughs> Um, like the, just kind of leading on from that with the opening, the previous Marvel movies have done a lot to set up. I think Age of Ultron, I think we both have the same opinion on Age of Ultron. It does some very questionable things and takes some moral stances that I don't think are particularly correct. Um, <laughs> oh boy, does it. Oh yeah, exactly. I.e. fucking um, women that can't, you know, have children are therefore monsters and should be referred to as like fucking oh yeah it made me feel yucky um you the... you turn into a big angry monster and kill things and destroy everything in your path i can't have a baby we are exactly the same yeah we are both <laughs> monsters alike <laughs> yeah uh, yeah fucking <sighs> anyway down down with joss whedon i say well um, done joss but... he did it yeah fucking fantastic um Oh, God, for a man who hates women, he sure loves some boob jokes, doesn't he? He does um, love a boob joke. But yeah, so they, they, they'd been previous set up to the Red Room and kind of how emotionally traumatizing it would have been uh, to have been a part of it. And Black Widow has had a lot of great sequences in the past where she kind of reflects and reminisces on that. This is the scene that I think really set that up. Um, yeah. Especially with the, like, uh, what did you think about the credits being at the beginning? Like, the whole to different. Nirvana. Uh, was the, yeah. yeah. Very, very different. Very strange. And I think that's more evident again at the end of the movie. Because usually you do get that, like, that, like, credit sequence uh, at the end of the movie. But just wasn't there. Just straight into the the uh, the scrolling text closing credits. Um, yeah. But, no, quite enjoyable. I, you got, like, little brief glimpses of, like, the actual trafficking that they do and, you know, the terrified look on the girls' faces. Some of it really haunting um, stuff. Oh, really, yeah. Like, really bad. Um, not a huge fan of the song choice, but whatever. It is what it is. Seems I, like I like I the know, cover. I like the cover seems of weird. I know. It feels just a little bit strange to me, but sure. Yeah. It works, I guess. Um. I know what you mean. I think it works, but it's something else probably could have worked better. But yeah. 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 It, it felt weird to just have this kind of slow cover of a 90s grunge song. Was it because it was 90s? I don't know. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty Mar strange. Marvel but... are very guilty of that. Like They are. Captain Marvel, they were like, how do we communicate? It's the 90s. Oh, yes. Every 90s artist ever in the soundtrack. And blockbuster um, video. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. In the first <laughs> shot of the trailer as well. <laughs> Yeah. Um but yeah, all right. So we if if we've got past that cuz I I I did enjoy that setup. I really liked that. Um what did you think about kind of how it how it proceeded after that, which I'm pretty sure it opened up with um Black Widow escaping from well Gemma Ross thinking he's somewhere near Black Widow and she's like, "Yeah, I'm like already on a boat, man." Uh yeah, pretty standard Black Widow stuff, really. Um uh, <laughs> fine have no strong feelings about any of that stuff either way to be honest it was just to get us to point a to point from point a to point b really so yeah, yeah. it's fine always good to see william hurt again he's, he's really good in these roles um i hope one day they do make him big and red let's 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 have that happen because that would just be a lot of fun but yeah What's, it was were they were they like they because he looks different in this film he was does like... look a bit different. I think. I think it's just because he's a little bit older, really. I think he's just. Well, I thought because when the trailers came out, because it almost looked like they made a conscious effort to de-age him. Mm. Um, but this is this is obviously set like you know a couple of weeks max after Civil War. Yeah. So like he should look very similar esque to how he looked when that film came out, or like you know maybe a little bit older, but nothing. Yeah. Like makeup can't fix. But it looks like they've tried to make him digitally younger. And I don't know if they have or not. It just looks very weird. He doesn't. There look was definitely like there was definitely a weird kind of sheen to him. I think maybe they did try to knock off a year or two <laughs> in visual effect. I'm not sure though. It's it's I don't know the 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 whole level of de aging stuff. It's it's getting to the point where you're not a hundred percent sure if it's there or not. Like with Rachel Wise at the beginning and David Harbour, it was there. You could tell, but there was also just weird. I don't know. There's just there's an uncanny valleyness to it, but also not at the same time. It's just getting to a weird, difficult point where I'm having trouble noticing it now. Well, Marvel, Marvel have always been the front runners for that. Like, yeah, they, their work on <laughs> de aging is fucking amazing. Um, 
but yeah, no, I do know what you mean. There is some like because even if you don't know it's there, you know that something's different. You're like, yeah, What's that about? and yeah, that maybe, just... maybe that's just because we know what those actors look like, and it's not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably part of it as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, all the, all that stuff was fine. I um, what I did like is um, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but fuck it. I really like Florence Pugh in this movie. I think she steals the show. Really? Oh yeah. She yeah, is, for sure. She's incredible as uh, Elena, Natasha's kind of sister. Not really, um, but a yeah, really good role, and, and she did it really well. That whole, the whole, she's very funny. First of all, she's got this really dry delivery on all her lines, and I think yeah. the, the the accent, the Russian accent, definitely helps with that as well. Um, but the whole, like the ongoing joke about. The, the pose that she does when she when oh, she's yeah. doing that in yeah. the shop that was all very funny and I did like the the very dysfunctional dynamic they all had together uh, but yeah she massively steals the show in my opinion she is uh, yeah she mm. she's very good and I like that even they carry on that joke to the point where she does it and that's <laughs> yeah. like I'm pretty sure that shot's in the trailer but then it's immediately undercut by the fact that she gets up and she's like I feel gross doing that like that's <laughs> disgusting um and like yeah and she sees black widow do like the you know the superhero landing that deadpool made so funny and like into a cliche um and uh yeah and it just cuts back to elena in the helicopter and she's like oh such a poser man (laughs) what a fucking loser (laughs) um which i yeah no that what i really like seeing uh black widow is kind of used to being the the most trained in combat, the most highly skilled in the room yeah. uh, in terms of close quarters uh, fighting. Uh, and I like seeing her in, a, in a, her in a room where people weren't afraid that she could just take her out. Like Yelena was like, if we have a fight, like I can fuck, I've got just as much of a chance to kick the fuck out of you as you have me. I mean, yeah, um, they have that little scrap in the, in the uh, apartment in Budapest and they're like pretty much equally matched. Natasha oh my God, you... manages to get the upper hand, but that moment where they like, they have the guns trained on it on each other and they go to disarm each other, but they only end up swapping weapons because yeah. they're just so <laughs> yeah. equally matched. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> And I like, I do like the fact that they all had, um, it, it does play into some, we'll get to Taskmaster because I've got some stuff on that. Um, but there's, I do like that there is an element in this film of all the widows have had the exact same training down to like, like down to the fact that they will have had, they will have been taught the same things on the same days. They would have progressed at the same rate or like more than likely, or at least the successful ones would. Um, uh, so yeah, it does come down to like everything that like, uh, you know, uh, our Black Widow does to to um, uh, to Yelena. She's just like she just counters it because she's like, I know that one. <laughs> like, give me <laughs> give me a trick that I don't know. Yeah. Um, but my, but speaking of that fight, you fucking feel it. You like, really this do. Is, yeah. This is the most brutal Marvel film in terms of like close quarter yeah. stuff. This, this this movie has got some really brutal like fucking fist to fist action in it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, it's just like fucking. CGI punches, kind of, Um, like a lot of pulled and safe, relatively safe stuff. Um, Even in like Winter Soldier and Civil War, but this, you really do get a sense of the the brutality and the weight of the the actual punches. Like when when Ray Winston was just fucking laying into Natasha in the in that that was some of that was really difficult to watch. It was like Jesus Christ, this is yeah, oh, this is intense, but. I yeah. think because I think the I think the Winter Soldier got there. I think the Winter Soldier <clears throat> was almost there, especially with them introducing Bucky's knife fight with Steve, um, which like returns. They... Sorry, which returns. There is a little which moment. Which it does, does return. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, that that was the first kind of introduction to Marvel being like, we can be gritty if we need to be. Like, and now you're seeing a spy espionage story. Yeah, these guys. These guys don't have like. I mean, there's a few lasers going on, but they don't have endless lasers at their disposal. Like yeah. sometimes it's going to get to the nitty gritty. Fucking, let's punch each other, and the first one that dies loses. <laughs> situation. Is there um, any lasers? There's a few lasers in this. Yeah, Black Widow's got her little little wrist. Shooting oh, that's not really lasers. But they're lasers enough. I, I, I think that's one, more. I, I mean, that's more electric. Oh, if I shot you with one, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be like, oh, that's fair fight. <laughs> well, no, yeah, but I don't think it's a laser. <laughs> uh, maybe not a laser, but you know what I mean, like a, an assist, an electronic assist okay. in fighting. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so the Winter Soldier kind of got there, and this really took that 
kind of combat style and just ran with it, which I I, yeah. really, I thought that was really refreshing. I, th- for I think, yeah, you, I think the Winter Soldier kind of, but I, th- I think there's more weight and brutality to this in the Winter Soldier, though, because the, oh, like, the stuff yeah. on the, the highway and the knife fight in Winter Soldier, that's all great. It still kind of feels pretty choreographed and... And like you know, it's safe and where it's going to go. Um, well, no one, this, no one gets hit. No one takes. Yeah, a life. exactly. No one, no one actually fucking kind of has any damage done to them. In this, it's it's pretty fucking brutal the way they're just laying into each other. Uh, yeah. But good, enjoyable. It, it kind of reminds me of Daredevil. The stuff I liked about the the fight scenes in Daredevil is how. Uh, well, in the first season, anyway, how kind of weighted and real it felt, and you know, in the sense that Matt Murdock is fucking exhausted after a few punches, and he just needs to take a second to pull himself up off the floor. It's it yeah. kind of reminded me of that sort of vibe. So, so yeah, I like that. It. That was always the best kind of stuff in Daredevil, and it definitely is here. Like, there definitely yeah. is that to an extent. Like, <clears throat> especially when, like, uh, don't get me wrong, I think there's some Fast and Furious action in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there definitely is, and I genuinely looked up. Is is Black Widow in the MCU enhanced in any way? Um, and she, you know, she uh, was. I, I read somewhere like her fighting skills are augmented by a variant of the Super Soldier Serum, but she hasn't got like enhanced strength or anything. She's just at peak human physical condition, I guess. Um, and I, I, don't I think, think this, my... I think that Super Soldier thing is more from the comics. It's, I don't think it's really an MCU thing. No, and I don't think so either. So, like, that's kind of what I'm saying is she must just be at peak physical human condition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I do think that takes some liberties with this. <laughs> like, she's, I've seen Steve Rogers fall from greater heights and be fucking cut to shit. And she's like, I'll just fucking, you know, launch my, well, I'm she getting myself. She didn't jump all the way off that fucking red room structure to, right to the ground, though. She did, there was, she did, you know, land with a parachute. Yeah, but she, 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 she activated her parachute, like, maybe a couple of feet off the ground. Like, she should be mush. She I think it was more dead. than that. I think it no, was more you, than that. All right, but definitely not within the safe distance. She would Not within the safe distance, leg. no. Yeah, but, oh, it's a movie. Shut up. Anyway. No, I know. Um, so we finally, after nine years... Uh, we finally found out what happened in Budapest, kind of. Yes, yeah, sort of, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so I so like, there we go. I like how I... they remember it in the Avengers as like a fun, jovial, oh, you and I remember that very differently. Blowing up a human girl. <laughs> like... I, th- I, th- I think it was more like what came after that, really, because <laughs> I think she's, she did say like they were like fighting off agents for like two days or something or whatever. Um, so, so there's I like the idea of them fighting side by side in Avengers, and they're like, Do you remember that time we blew up that girl? And they're like, Haha, Yeah, great times, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we do now, we now know, we now know. I, ne- I never was I never was someone who was clamoring for that though, really. People were always like, What happened in Budapest? I'm like, it's a throwaway line. Like, why does it matter all that much? Um, yeah. I was people were like give us a Budapest origin movie. I'm like, really? Um, I, whenever I, I don't get need excited, that. whenever I get excited about a fan like throwaway thing like that, I think at the time of writing it, did the screenwriters care more than me? And if they didn't, <laughs> then I don't care about it <laughs> like, <laughs> because it, you know that that's just you know the the setup is that they're two spies. They went to a yeah. mis- they did a mission in Budapest. Oh, this is just like that time. Oh, well, bloody, yeah. I don't remember it like that. Ha ha. And then nine years later, people are like, tell me <laughs> what, what happened. <laughs> yeah, and they they didn't know this happened back then. Oh, no, of course geez. they didn't. No, of course they didn't. Um, and Jeremy Renner returns in a voice cameo only, but he is there and later he's there in a photograph looking weird. Um, but there we are. Um, so it was great to hear Jeremy Renner again, although maybe not because maybe he was cancelled recently. I don't know. Um, so, so there we yeah, are. I'm not, sh- I'm not really sure what is going on with that scenario. I hear he's yeah. a bit of a dodgy bloke. I, I, mean, I, hear, I hear he's not a good bloke. Um, I never really, like, I always found him, I found his performance in Endgame really fucking weird anyway. Like, I found it a real big disconnect from the version of the character we've seen before. Like, when he just turns to Thor and he's like, you go get your magic hammer and you go up there and you tell him. And it's, I don't know, seems very weird. But yeah, yeah. My little Hawkeye ran over. All right. Well, there we go. Well, Lawrence hates Hawkeye. You heard it here first. 
Um, so, so yeah, so David Harbour as the Red Guardian. Indeed, or the, the Crimson Dynamo. The uh, Crimson Dynamo. Jokingly referred to. Um, I, I, get a, I get a feeling, uh, just because I know you, I think you're going to hate this character. No, 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 I don't. So I... Interesting. Do I like everything with the character? No. Do I think that... Uh, look, David Harbour is a very talented actor. And the Red Guardian is a cool character. Like, he's not, like, I like the fact that he thinks that he's Russia's Captain America and all of Russia is like, we don't know who you are. <laughs> like, I, I, I did enjoy that. So it does make sense at certain points where he's he's played as the big buffoon that doesn't yeah. get get why he's the butt of the joke. Um, however, he is still a, a competent, there's a reason, like, that he was the Red Guardian. He was still competent. Uh, and I think that... I, I think the movie could have done a better job finding a middle ground between playing him as a joke and giving him some degree of sympathy because it wants me to take the family plot story, uh, story seriously. It wants me to take that seriously, but then everything he does kind of feels on the same vein as, like, this this man is just a complete and utter moron. I disagree. Go on. I'd like I to very, very much disagree. Um, I think, yes, he is definitely comic relief. Yes, he is... You know, a bit of a drunk, a bit of a very dysfunctional um, old superhero sort of thing, which he does really well. It's it, it's all great and it's yeah. all it's all very funny. Um, gave me but, Mr. Incredible stuck in the glory days vibe. Yeah, but worse. Um, <laughs> and by worse, I mean like as in worse. Like he's in a worse place than Mr. Incredible was. Not like yeah. a worse performance. Um, yeah. But but I think then it's that's not him all the time though. If that was him all the time, then yeah, I would agree with you. If he was just constantly one-liners and and fat jokes and whatever, then yeah, sure. But he does have those intimate moments with the family. He does have those moments where he is being a, a and this isn't a pun, but being a guardian and being a parental figure and being a father, like the the little conversation he has with Florence Pugh, some of that stuff was really beautiful. It was yeah, it was I, heartwarming and stuff. I was about to interject there and say, I can think of one of those moments. I can't think of any others beyond the moment where he sings Florence Pugh's like childhood song. Moment at the beginning in Cuba where he's got the girls and he's just like, no, but I, I, I mean, sorry, I mean, I mean, since like, since leaving them because the, that's that's when the family are kind of at their strongest and that's when it means the most to people and then later on when it's saying like you know we always were a family and then it and then it's it doesn't really show any of that and let you know uh, between david harbour and other characters i mean i mean they definitely show that with the two girls i um, think you also get a sense of it at the dinner table and then again at the end when they're like on the ground together do you not think that that's more played for comic relief, though? Like, don't get me wrong. At, I don't at times, I do. Which part? Which part? So, I, 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 it's, it is tricky because I'm. What I'm saying is, uh, part of it I really liked. Like, fifty percent of his character I really liked, but then there were other moments where I just wish that instead of making a joke, they, they, they had a moment where. Can you, know, you like, give me an example? Yes, I can. So, um. The movie wants us to take the Red Room very seriously. Black Widow in a previous movie, whether you like it or not, has in canon said, I think I'm a monster because I can't deliver children. Yeah. Um, and, and in this, Florence Pugh, who is by far no way near as over it as Black Widow is. Like, she's still very much kind of has an element of resentment, whereas Black Widow is kind of like, this isn't my entire life. I've got other shit outside of this. Um, uh, Yelena you know, has the moment where she, she turns around and confronts um, the Red Guardian and says, you know, this is, you know, I, I had a, an involuntary hysterectomy. Like, that's a incredibly traumatic thing. And then they immediately play it off as like, oh, girl bits. Don't talk to me about girly bits. Like, But, but... I think, the, but no, but like, just hear, hear me a sec, hear me a sec. Okay. If they If they were to take that moment... And just have David Harbour sit there in silence and have the man that is always trying to make a, a joke or always has a you know something to say. Because there, there is an ongoing joke that he just kind of doesn't shut up. Um, if they had just had him sit there and really reflect and go, fuck, yeah, that's a kind of fucked up thing that I kind of let happen to two people on, that were under my care at the time. Um, 
I would have taken the family element a bit more seriously when at the end he was like, my girls, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. But it just, it became, I think Marvel realized they were getting too much into heavy territory and went quick, make it fun for the kids again. I don't know. All right. All right. I have two counterpoints to that. Okay. Right, first right. of all, um, first one is if I completely 100% disagree with you about the, the you know forceful hysterectomy that sort of thing completely could not disagree more because i think that if they did make that a more weighted and emotional moment would they not just then be doing the same thing joss whedon did and just then basically saying that uh, uh, having not been able to have a baby is the absolute most traumatic thing for a woman i think they definitely did the right thing by just saying this is something that happened hasn't really massively affected my life but it's just something i live with now i think that was yeah. definitely the right choice to go for and then number two i think that i i can kind of see what you're saying about maybe he should have just had like a more emotional response but he's also he also has a character journey as well if he would have had that at that point in the movie he would have come too early i think you do need more of him being the little the the buffoon and all that sort of stuff so that they can tell him off and get pissed off with him later and then he can soften up and and be that more stable father figure that he should have been because it's a character journey you can't have it all at once yeah, no, I agree with that, and I'll um, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll say that that's fair enough. Um, I'll just come back to that the Joss Whedon thing though, because that's, I I do see where you're coming from, but in the same sense, I don't think Joss Whedon, like Joss Whedon's way of going about it was, essentially saying women that can't you know give you know give birth and conceive kids, uh, are monsters. Whereas this film is talking about uh, they're directly they're directly pointing it at a bloke who could have protected them uh, and given them the freedom to choose in their later life. I don't, I don't think that the film was, I don't think that having a moment there of a bit of quiet and a bit of, yeah, you did this to me and it was fucked up would have meant that the sole purpose of these two characters would have been that their value is that of childbirth. I I just think think that, I just think that it was because, because there was no emotion to that moment, I think that's that's good because it's basically saying that the the these two women, like yeah, they've gone through a lot of shit. They've they've got a lot of traumatic experiences. They have done some incredibly terrible things, but their lives are not necessarily worse off because they can't have children. So and and that's and that's I think I've, I think I don't know all these things are open to interpretation, but I I think personally that that's what the movie is saying there just kind of saying yes this is what happened in age of ultron no she's not a monster so that's that's how i yeah, know anyway yeah and i think that if anyone did agree with that point of view from age of ultron i think that's the problem um but yeah no i you know I, I see what you're saying i just don't think it was i think there was a moment i think they could have easily balanced it not being the sum worth of the character but then also you know being like i am a character and i'm allowed to be fucked off at you like like uh, i wasn't expecting yelena to turn around and be like i can't have kids and that ruined my life because i want kids and but uh, then I, but my, then my places want kids but if she just went yeah they like no i'm not joking that was fucked up anyway but they did though but like natasha literally gets up from the console and goes and talks to him because he's being a dick and she literally like says stop being well, not literally but you know they have a conversation and she's just basically time to get his act together so, mm. so you do get moments like that. But you, it's not just him. Ah, look at me, Russia vodka. Ah, I'm strong. Um, you know, he they do put him in his place, and he is like, yeah, okay, okay. Um, you know, it's I. I think that you do get those moments with him. Fair enough. I mean, I I don't know. I didn't clearly. I didn't feel them as heavily as you did. I would if I had to sum it up to like a percentage. I'd say the character was seventy percent joke, and like thirty percent. Yeah, I'm a guy that's capable of learning and have <laughs> experiencing other emotions other than jokes. Um, we do know you hate any comic relief character immediately. No, no, because so, there's so... There, this this movie had great comic relief. I just don't think that his comic relief. It yes, whilst it definitely you definitely need an element of it, like you said, and you need to have him take the piss early days to have the character arc that comes to a head at the kind of so close chapter. How, how did you feel about the interplay between him and Rachel Weisz then? 
Uh, I didn't mind that so much. Uh, okay. Mainly because those two still kind of... didn't really like it though. I, I just thought it was like like I don't know. I think I thought there was more interesting stuff in the film than that, and the film took a lot of time being like, "Oh, we're a bit horny for each other." I was like, "Okay, it's fine. It's funny." Like, but at the same time, it wasn't always hilarious. Like, it wasn't. There was a few that fell flat, but I didn't mind it. Because I don't think that them them two characters really had much emotional weight to bring to the story, especially not Rachel Wise's. I think she was a little bit underdeveloped. Um, One day especially... I'm going to get to the bottom of whatever traumatic experience you had as a child. <laughs> I just I look. I don't have to have a traumatic experience to go. I just didn't find one thing funny. Like it just it just didn't. Like I think I like the MCU. I like the series of films, and I think they've done comedy really effectively. This is not one of those occasions. I found that Florence Pugh was every joke landed and I thought she was hilarious. And I thought the interplay between her and, um, and uh, Black Widow was amazing. I thought that was some of the best written comedy uh, that we've had in recent MCU films. Um, I just, I just kind of sometimes felt with, with Rachel Wise and David Harbour, it fell a bit flat, but yeah, I guess it's personal preference, but I, I was not me saying I, I dislike the fun in this movie. I think this movie wouldn't have worked without an element of comedy in it. Okay. Well, there we are. Anyway, do you want to fight? Because we'll have a fight. I want to scrap right now. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I like the comedy. I don't know. It worked for me. But there we go. I guess I'm dumb. Um, so <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you... So, clear. you said you have thoughts on Taskmaster. Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> wasn't really Taskmaster, was it? <laughs> like, um, I, mean, I liked it. No, no, but I, right. I liked it. I just felt, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I felt like, um, I, I can't remember the character's name that, cause I know she's the, um, the daughter of, um, thing. Ray Winston. Ray Winston, Russian Ray Winston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked, I liked the reveal. I liked that it wasn't, I think there was some speculation that it might've been Rachel Wise's character. I was really glad to see it wasn't. And there's a scene where them two are in the same room. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw, as soon as I saw that, I went, yes, it's someone else. Um, but then it, I, then didn't, it been... I didn't really think it was a reveal because as soon as like they talked about the daughter being exploded, I was like, oh, Taskmaster. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, and, that's, and that was my, that's my thing with it. Because as soon as I realized it wasn't Rachel, uh, as soon as she appeared in the same room as Rachel Wise, I went, well, it's not Rachel Wise. And then I went, who else? Oh, obviously um and and yeah that's that's fine um yeah i just don't i don't think it was i don't think it was as effective as they were going for and i think taskmaster could have been used like that could ultimately that could have been anyone in a mask yeah um, it really could have and, been yeah yeah and i th I think that taskmaster was necessarily like was just a big name so that they could go taskmasters in this one you should come and see it because oh yeah it was a hundred percent more the the um the you know the actual the the costume and everything it was the yeah. the taskmaster not the actual character behind it um because there wasn't really a character behind it in this version <laughs> well, um, that's, that's it yeah <laughs> yeah um but no it was it was kind of effective I, I i did like the you know the action pieces with taskmaster i thought all of that stuff was really good i like that yeah you see you do see elements from like different mcu stuff you know we mentioned earlier like the bucky knife fight that's in there you know obviously yeah. you have all the cap stuff with a shield and then even all natasha's the... fighting style and and all, you know, Black um, Panther. all previous Oh, there's all previous MCU iconic fight moments make a big appearance in this. He's got so he's he... got a subscription to Disney Plus. Uh, sorry, she's <laughs> yeah, got a subscription was. to Disney Plus, and she's just watching them over and over and over again. <laughs> she's, she's watching Iron Man two, going good fight scene like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's because you've got everything down to how Steve throws the shield down to yeah. um, uh, how Black Panther uses his claws. Um, so yeah, no, I I liked that, but I do think that was a kind of thinly veiled attempt at being like, look, it's Taskmaster, um, and then ultimately when it came down to revealing who Taskmaster was, that kind of went out the window, and it was like now she just fights. I kind of um, thought it was a robot at first, like when they did that. Oh, they got the USB showed, in the head. Yeah, no, when they like show uh, her at first, and they're just in that room, and then you hear like the like mechanical whirring or something. Like that. Is that a fucking robot? What's going on here? <laughs> I think it's like a Darth Vader suit, right? Yeah, it was, I don't know. There's something going on there. It is kind of like a life support thing as well, I think. Um, yeah. 
but but yeah, that's that's all fine. Like I said, I did like the all the action pieces with, with Taskmaster. They were all quite good, and even the you know the the fight whilst falling through the air was 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 interesting to watch as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like all that. Like I said earlier, the stuff with you know the the kind of confrontation with Ray Winston and Natasha, I really liked all that. It was it wasn't like you know, villain versus villain fight sequence or anything. It was more like talking through things and, and you know, the, the moments where he, like, punches her and, like I said, oh, yeah. really brutal moments. But then it kind of, like, it kind of started getting, like, third act of a heist movie where they, and by that what I mean is they, <laughs> yeah. they flash back to earlier in the movie where they show things that you didn't see. So now everything can make sense, which was, I don't know, I just found that kind of funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, some movies have done a better job of that because my initial reaction um, was, because um, if, if you think about that scene, there's a... Um, Rachel Wise's character says to Black Widow, oh, I've already told the Red Room they're going to be here any minute. Uh, and then it cuts back to this like almost five minute long scene with David Harbour and Florence Pugh. Um, and so uh, as the audience, we're inevitably waiting for the Red Room to show up. Um, and then when they show up and then and then Black Widow is just kind of knocked out on the floor and Rachel Wise is like, sorry. Um, I, I was sat there going like, so do they, do they just go, oh, we better have a cup of tea and wait for that to happen then. Because I was thinking, like, they've used that time somehow. Otherwise, you'd think they would have walked in and gone, guys, by the way, we should probably move. Like, we should probably well, no, because I, I just assumed that Rachel Weiss just immediately knocked her out after saying that. I don't know. I, I, cause, well, <laughs> is, is that not the implication? Do you really think they had a chat for five minutes and then she knocked her out? No, but I just, I didn't think that they I didn't think that that was the case because I, I just thought that it was. I, I think know. that's definitely the case. I think that's definitely the story that's presented. Uh, yeah, it might be. I it didn't it it didn't connect for me. I just went. That's a very long time for them to just be like, "What now?" Then um, uh, that seems yeah. dumb. You have some good criticism sometimes, but that one seems dumb. <laughs> but fine, okay. fine, I'll take it. Even my my honest, <laughs> live by the sword, you die by the sword. I didn't piece that together. Uh, <laughs> And at the end of the day, who was right? Who did have a conversation for five minutes? Well, yeah, but not like you thought, you dumb cunt. Anyway. Maybe I'm just way too smart for you and this movie. That's just um, not true. Uh, what do you think of the um, uh, the kind of the plan, the big villain plan? Uh, what, Ray Winston's plan? Ray Winston's plan of, uh, <laughs> I've got bare sleeping girls that I can activate uh, uh, all across the world. I mean, he was just typical... Evil plan, really. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> is I, I have all this power. I have chosen to do nothing with it for many years. But but now I can if I want to, but I won't, but I could. I would argue um, that he has been doing stuff with it for years, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but not like he's he was like, if I wanted to, I could fucking end the world like overnight. Yeah. I could take down every government. He's not been doing that, has he? But I don't think he wants to do that. That's a thing though. Because I think there's there's more power in it for him if he allows like certain like if he can influence certain elections let's say um yeah. anyway so the not to get political um so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was all that was all fine um what do i have in my notes here oh yeah so i would have liked um some stuff post end game I because you do get a good well this movie does well for me anyway clearly you hate it but you do get a good sense of the family dynamic um, and this this kind of found dysfunctional family which which I enjoyed um, so and I would have liked to have seen some more stuff post Endgame like them finding out about Natasha's death and and seeing what kind of comes next you do get a tiny tiny amount of that in the post credits which we'll talk yeah. about but I, especially you know david harbour and rachel wise i would really love to see some more of that sort of stuff yeah because it's been i mean i depending on whether or whether or not they got snapped um you'd assume they would have right well yeah let's just say for argument's sake because that's that all the main characters that had stuff to do didn't yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone in Peter's class is conveniently snapped because they're the main cast of Spider Man. Um, I think you would have, because then otherwise, like, because Natasha wasn't snapped. So if she wasn't snapped, you would assume that within that five years, she would have made some kind of contact with them. Um, yeah, well, exactly. But you yeah. don't get the sense of that in Endgame. 
because they don't no. exist then. <laughs> which, which is why. <laughs> yeah. Which but is no. like for for the for the for the kind of issue that that film had to tackle, um, you know, because it's a very personal story and it's always it's always going to be weird giving a character a solo movie after you've killed them off in the movie that yeah. came before. And I, and I think that's my issue because I think because we know what's happened to Natasha because she is dead and because this is assumedly her last the last bit of the MCU we're going to see with her, I, I kind of would have liked more of a send-off for her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like more, yeah, some sure. more emotional moments, and then like especially with the family kind of finding out about her death and that sort of thing. I, I read an article that was like, because we see Natasha's gravestone, we finally get the closure that was deserved. I was like, in Endgame, there is a fanfare funeral for Tony Stark, and Natasha is sat in a grave with, like, an unkept grave with uncut grass in the middle of fuck knows where. <laughs> like, and there's, like, a few flowers. Like, that's not a send-off. It's not. She's been in the MCU for as pretty much just under as long as Tony Stark has. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think that... that Like, whilst I really love how Florence Pugh stole the show, I think this movie... You know, if you look at it from the from the Marvel higher ups perspective, this is yeah. way more of a oh shit, we didn't introduce a new Black Widow character. A hundred percent. This no, this movie one hundred percent should have come out when it was set. It should one hundred percent come out. Uh, it should have come out after Civil War. This is what should have followed that up. That it would have been so much better if that's when it came out. And I think Marvel know that. I think they realize they fucked up. That's why they just gave us this kind of in-between quill, whatever this is. Um, So, so yeah, they definitely did fuck up and drop the ball there. Yeah, because now they're jumping through hurdles to be like, she was always around. (laughs) Yeah. No, she wasn't. Um, But, yeah. No, I... um, Well, let's get into the... um, uh, What do you call it? Oh, I'll say one more thing about the film, and then we'll move on to the end credits, if you want. Yeah. Um, So... (laughs) I think it was a bad decision to give her a final sequence where she jumps out of a, a like a an incredibly high up building, um, and have her final fight sequence be her falling to the ground because it weirdly makes her death seem a lot more survivable now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Again, she had a parachute. <laughs> Yes, one of which she barely used. And let's be honest, if she didn't have that parachute, she like let, all right. Let's be honest. The, she she landed on a fuck ton of debris, like she like as in like in the sky. So she would like before she activated her parachute. So she was like gliding through the sky, and then she was like sliding down bits of debris and landing on bits. You still doesn't work. Like there's even a moment where she she flies like into Florence Pugh because Florence Pugh doesn't have a parachute. So she grabs one um, uh, through this conveniently placed helicopter. (laughs) uh, No, no, no. She had had the parachute. She jumped off the building with the parachute. Yeah, but she needed to grab a second one for Florence Pugh. No, no. She gives Florence Florence Pugh the only parachute, and then she fights Taskmaster without a parachute, and then she lands using the parachute Taskmaster had. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So she, well, either way, the, the the stuff that she's landing on, like with the debris and stuff, and the fact that she smashes into Florence Pugh at a high collision, um, like I don't know, I I felt it was a weird choice to be like this character has just died from falling off a height. It's movie um, physics. I don't care. It I is just, movie I physics, don't care. and I don't, and I no, and I <laughs> I I don't care either. It just struck me as a weird choice to be like, we've shown her die by falling off this like fucking hundred feet tall structure. Um, now let's have her literally jump out of a like a fucking plane uh, above the clouds and and be be absolutely fine. I know there was the parachute, but it just seemed like a weird choice for that to be like the closing segment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. But again, I I just don't care. It's movie physics. Getting bogged <laughs> down, getting bogged down by that sort of stuff. That's all very cinema sins. So I don't care. <laughs> How dare you, Nathan? <laughs> The ultimate insult. No, because because no, but don't get me wrong. I don't care about it. I just felt it was a weird choice. It sounds like you care. Oh, I don't <laughs> care about you. I don't care about you. Um, right. Let's <laughs> let's let's do the let's do the end credits of which there is two post credits. Right. What? No. 
no there's not no I'm, I'm i'm remembering the end of it as like a separate thing it feels like a because she rocks up with the oh uh, uh, white like, the platinum hair yeah yeah no, yeah that um, was very much pre-credits okay well let's yeah. talk about the the post-credits then so the post-credits um florence Pugh is visiting natasha's grave this is obviously post-endgame because she is dead um she's a little emotional because her sister is dead obviously and then who should show up but valentina herself madam hydra maybe maybe not um from falcon and the winter soldier she was there with john walker um so the movies and tv shows already crossed over yay um so and then she's like here's your here's your target you're gonna kill the man responsible for your sister's death. And then she hands her an iPad. And what do you know? It's the worst haircut in the world. It's Clint Barton, Hawkeye himself. And Valentina is technically not wrong. He's not Technically, if you want to take it very, very literally, he is responsible for Natasha's death. What I want to know is, how does she know that? How how does she know what happened on Voromir? And I'm sure we'll find out. But at this point, it's very interesting. I I hope there's going to be some kind of interesting explanation for that. But what's inevitably has happened is that one of the Avengers had a little press conference and they were like, this tragic event took place. Yeah, Um, and then probably whilst whilst most of the world might see Hawkeye as this guy that's like, oh man, that sucks because he tried to save her but he couldn't. They both wanted to sacrifice themselves. How lovely. She's probably there, like, nah, he's he could have easily killed. I don't know. She's obviously got some information and some angle, and clearly some employer, as they mentioned, they both want a pay rise, presumably meaning that she's not the person that dishes out the pay rise, which is not the boss. Um, so she's clearly working for someone. Um. And and you get the sense that well you, you straight up are told that Elaine has already been working with her for some time, so that's quite an interesting yeah. fact as well. Um, um, and so as what was I going to say? Fuck. Um, oh yeah, interestingly, this was actually be supposed. This was actually be, supposed to be Valentina's first appearance, technically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, this was supposed to come out over a year ago, um, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out after this initially, yeah. but pandemic changed things around. Um, which kind of makes her appearance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier make a little bit more sense because she is just suddenly I'm here now, and you know me. But yeah, I I guess. Anyway, that's all fine. What do you think this is? This so whole this, is... this team because I have an idea. I'm not a hundred percent sure in it, but I'm interested to know what you think. Um, it's tricky because it's either. And keeping in mind that Florence Pugh is has been announced to be in the Hawkeye um, show, yes, um, which obviously is what this is setting up. Yes, it's either the um, it's either the Young Avengers or the um, what's the other one? Like the I can't remember what the team's called. It's um, definitely not the Young Avengers. Yeah, so one, John the... Walker ain't young. No, and neither <laughs> she's there. She's only she's only a couple of years supposed to be under Black Widow. I mean, um, she. I mean, she's. I think she's supposed to be my age, about twenty seven. Yeah. Well, um, in in twenty sixteen anyway. So by this point, ooh, uh, what's the MCU? Is twenty twenty three is post end game. So, so yeah, I don't know. I can't work it out because then you have um, to take into account whether or not she got snapped. So yeah, exactly. We don't know. Um, no. But yeah, so it's. I think that there's either going to be a team of like, um, there's either going to be an evil team, which is going to be like US agent, um, Yelena, um, probably you might get a bit of Zemo in there, um, that kind of stuff. Cause she, she seems to be heavily interested. Yeah. Thunderbolts and, is all you're saying. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and then, like, cause that's what I think it is. I I think it's Thunderbolts, but Thunderbolts aren't necessarily evil. They're like, reformed villains they're people who were evil but they're now working on this kind of government sanctioned team as a kind of a, a different answer to the avengers which yeah. which kind of makes sense given the the scope of the mcu at this point in the timeline um and it, and it makes sense with the characters we have so far because john walker he's not 
he is kind of a villain in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but he's not necessarily an evil character. He's not, you know, fighting for the wrong well, no, side of, or anything. He's just a bit people, of a dick. All of these people so far that have been recruited have got great skills and have been on questionable sides of the law. Um, but you're led to believe that it's like it's under influence. Uh, like, for example, John Walker as the scapegoat of he'd just taken the super soldier serum when he committed that murder um and everything was heightened and he just lost someone um yelena literally has the guise of it was i was under mind control um so like they're all they're all semi-decent people with kind of rough around the edges pasts um but yeah i I don't know i i'm quite excited for it it because you know from the winter soldier episode i was uh, falcon of the winter soldier episode i was very interested in the u.s agent character um just because I think it's you loved him. turning. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's a through and through great guy. Um, <laughs> no, um, but he was like, I, I think he's a very interesting turning point for Marvel. Um, and I also think the same of um, Yelena. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for it wherever it goes. Uh, I think it could be quite cool. Yeah. It, se- it seems to me like it is setting up the Thunderbolts and I, that could be really cool if we do get that and which, you know, it, it, goes into eventually maybe getting um, Everett Ross as Red Hulk, which is what I want more than anything. So, or <laughs> so, some kind of Red Hulk. I think I think we need Red Hulk, because that'll be mm. a lot of fun. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that, if we get it. Uh, so, but yeah, and that's, that's pretty much it. Overall, Marvel is back at the movies. Hell yeah. Um, and oh, I yes, enjoyed it with indeed. a nice. I I had a nice salt and sweet popcorn. Disgusting. Um, what's What's your popcorn of choice? And yeah, I don't get a popcorn. I don't like popcorn. Oh, you're a nachos guy, aren't you? I'm, you know, these days I'm just a I'm just a large fry guy. That's all. Oh, I okay. You're not, not about. No, nah, I'm not about the crunch anymore. I just, just let me have a drink. Let me enjoy the movie, and let me silently judge people around me when they open their crisps that they brought in. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and there you have it, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I ultimately I'm going to this is this is definitely a big fat watch uh, because it's a Marvel film. And you, even if you don't want to watch it, you're going to want to because you won't know you what what's going on if you don't. You can't skip the TV shows. That has been made clear to us now. You better watch yeah. it all. You better watch it all. <laughs> yeah, strap the fuck in. We're not going away anytime soon. Anyway, join us next week for Loki. Like I said, you better fucking watch it all. Because here yeah, we go. strap the fuck <laughs> in again. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. so definitely definitely a big watch. Uh, it's definitely a big watch from you. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to wrap this bitch. Um, yeah, so like Nathan said, uh, Fridays at 10 a.m. Uh, our new episodes come out next week. We are going to be talking about uh, Handsome Loki. Um, and other variations of Loki who are also handsome and or lovely. Um, Here is a sound clip, because Lawrence forgets every time. Come on. What did you expect? There was a sound clip for Loki. That was the, that we paused for the sound clip for Loki. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, will Mobius <laughs> ride a jet ski? I don't know. Find out next week. Um, you can follow us at Another Happy Pod. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, uh, and you can give us a little five star review if you think we're worth it. If you don't, a four star is fine. If no. you have opinions that are under four no, star, no. keep it to yourself. No, no, five star or get the fuck out. <laughs> Not even a little four star? No, I won't take it. Okay. All right. We'll I'd you rather you then. punch me in the face. <laughs> well, you heard it here, guys. Uh, Nathan's full address is. <laughs> I can't actually remember. You don't even know my address. <laughs> I could pull it up. I could get it. You uh, could, but then I'd be scared you that you won't. would read out my bank details because we know everything about each other. It's true. Um, we do. We have way too much trust in one another. I know we do. Anyway, I'm going to go order a pizza off Nathan's card uh, and we will see you guys next week. Click right here to get stuckmanized. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's directing a movie, did you know? I know, I don't care. Uh, Thanks, bye. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.